Hey, welcome to the second episode for Cedred's podcast. On this episode, I will speak to Dante Bruzzisi from the movement group at Compass, where he's going to talk to us about the Boston real estate market and its trends. This was a recording during COVID back in January of 2021, and it's a very interesting conversation where we get a lot of the ins and outs and how the market was impacted. And a lot of it stays true today, too. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Don't forget to like this episode in the end and leave a review. Dante is uh, one of the top area realtors in Boston for Compass at the Movement Group. Uh, one of the three partners, right, Dante? Yeah, three partners. Yep, I, uh, I have two other partners I work with, um, two business partners, and I have a team of five. Team of five, Oops. and... Uh, yeah, just, you know, cranking from Boston, uh, from Boston proper to the North Shore. So, hey, let's get right to it, man. What the hell is going on in the market? You know, like it, it's nuts out there. Tell us a little more, man. Look, I mean, it really depends uh, geographically uh, in Massachusetts right now. I mean, Boston proper itself, um, Boston has been different. You know, obviously with the pandemic, it was, everyone was all over the place. So Boston's done, you know, investors aren't going into the city anymore. Like everyone's leaving. So that all happened. Um, sorry, my dog's barking. That all happened. And then, um, she's bugging out. So good. Anyways, so everyone was bugging out when it first, you know, everything happened. And then people started to realize, hey, like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And now we're kind of at the end of the tunnel. And I do feel like at this point in time, um, people are coming back into the city. So Boston proper itself definitely took a hit for probably six to eight months. Um, but now that we're seeing the vaccination come into play, um, it's significantly rebounding. You know, obviously, there's a good amount of inventory out there. So for buyers right now, I think it's a great time to still take advantage because as a buyer, it's how you buy. It's not how you sell. So if you're buying low in a really hot area, a.k.a. Boston, now's the time to get in because it's probably not going to last too much longer. Um, you know, I went from, you know, going in and getting unbelievable deals the first six to eight months to now going in saying, hey, we're expecting multiple offers and then you know, point blank, there's multiple offers on the table, right? When we end up submitting an offer. So the market is certainly rebounding there in Boston, um, but North and South of the city respectively. Yeah. People are still moving out. People are still looking for more space. That's inevitable. I don't think that's going to change. I think that has more to do with just generational uh, opposed to COVID. Um, yeah. I think moving North and South for, you know, just uh, a change of life because that's just the stage that they're in millennials. Um, and we're seeing ultimate bidding wars. I mean, there's really no two ways about it. I think the bidding wars are going to stay around for a long time. Um, it, 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 it's giving the market a false positive right now, in my opinion. Um, you know, why everyone, do you, what's that? Why, why do you say that? I mean, like, like I mean, in, in terms of the Boston market or like the surrounding like suburbs? Greater Boston market anywhere 15 to 45 minutes outside the city respectively north south and west of, of the city um you know i think it's a false positive market in the sense where people are saying the market's so high but we just don't have the surplus to keep up with the demand and it's supply demand it's pretty simple yep. um, demand uh is still still there um there's lines out the door um during open houses in january um i have to prepare for my clients to go potentially five to ten to fifteen percent over offer price $100,000 over ask and people are still losing out. So 
there's multiple different facets. I think there's definitely craze. I think the hype is real. Um, but I think that the reason why the hype is real is because there's not much inventory and that is what is the general consensus. However, there's a lot more inventory coming out, but the demand is still high. So how do you mitigate that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think this, this is also fueled by interest rates. I mean, you, you, you see it every day, but I mean, I had three clients on Monday, all placing uh, offers over asking all three got declined. And um, just like you said, I, I think it's here to stay. Uh, most, yeah. most, most likely, I mean, like you said, Boston may, may not be as hot as, you know, like some other areas, but uh, yeah, right. it's crazy. Uh, when yeah. when, do, you, when yeah. do you think inventory should pick up? When do I think inventory will pick up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, man, I, I wish it would pick up tomorrow, I'll be honest with you. Look, I think sellers are starting to come out of their shells last year with certainly hibernation. There's no doubt about it for the obvious reasons. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know economically how anything could impact really whatever was going on. Um, obviously we found out, you know, a rhyme or reason and, you know, we began to um, essentially, you know, kind of mitigate the burden, burden in the sense of like the COVID vaccination and everything going on. And I think sellers probably are starting to come out of their shells now and realizing like, Hey, it's sort of safe to go out. There's a vaccination. Um, and then, also the buzz of like, if you do sell your home now, you're going to get top dollar. Um, you know, and I think that rates are so low right now. Um, and, you know, people are just out, you have so much buying power right now as a, as a buyer. Um, and I think sellers are starting to realize like, hey, maybe it is my time. I don't think that there's going to be a point in the market and, you know, 2021, we're going to see, um, you know, surplus catch up with demand. Um, I think that there's going to be bidding wars for a very long time. Um, I just think that even if there was a, a ton of inventory coming on the market this week, it's going to get eaten up and there's going to be a lot more buyers because there's a lot of buyers who were pent up still from COVID. Um, they took some time off and now they're back on the market more rigorous than ever. And then you have the new buyer pool coming in, right? And the new buyer pool isn't necessarily as experienced. They've maybe heard, they've maybe, maybe even been advised of it. So when you're going into these multiple offer situations, we always talk about different, you know, buying power and, and affordability. For instance, a five hundred thousand dollar home, you're gonna have more buying power if you can if you're pre-approved up to five fifty opposed to the buyer of five hundred. But what's happening is that that five fifty buyer is splicing into two different categories now. We're seeing more aggressive five fifty buyers, and then yeah. you know the lenient ones and the lenient ones it's just like you're not getting you're not hitting anything with those so the buyers who have been in the market for quite some time are really coming out very strong and it takes sometimes a, a new buyer that is just entered the market to learn a little bit so i think it, it, it's really just you know turning buyers like you got to be you got to be well equipped and really very well prepared at all times that's a good point and uh also, I mean, we shouldn't forget that we have a huge pool of students that are not here or haven't been here for a while now. And mm -hmm. the, the international students that are, you know, maybe are skipping like a year or, you know, a semester due to COVID. Uh, and, I, and I think once, <clears throat> once a lot of schools are back to in-person classes, yeah. uh, that's, that's also going to pent up demand too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, 
I think, you know, uh, international buyers were obviously put on freeze for a little bit. And I believe that com that compromise is just about 30% of the Boston market. I think a lot of people think it's more, but I think it's around 30 to 40% of the market. Still a lot. Yeah, I think that was, you know, I think that was held off for, you know, last year for a good amount of time. I don't think people were liquidating their assets. I think that it was just more so they were holding on to them and they weren't planning on, you know, reinvesting their money, um, you know, 1031ing, 1031 exchanging. Um, I think they're just putting it on freeze. Um, so I don't think there was, I mean, there definitely is international money still coming into the city. And I think it's now starting to pick up again. But I think last year was at a hold. But I think once the universities come back in, that's when you really start seeing the market, like you mentioned, really pick up and, and have an uptick for sure, which I'm excited about. And I'm excited to go back to, to the normalcy, of course. So whatever that be. I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah. know the normal. And, and your, your office is in Boston, right? Yeah, so my office is on Newberry Street. So we're in pretty much the middle of Newberry Street. Um, you know, unfortunately, we haven't been able to capitalize on our office and, and, and utilize it as much as we'd like to this year. Um, I think that, you know, coming into the new year, especially um, where I'm at at Compass, it's, it's a great, great collaborative, um, you know, environment, you know, amongst brokers, you know, amongst the staff and administration, we were very tight knit there. Um, so I certainly miss. For sure. For sure. I love had a yeah, no, I'm saying, you know, it's a great, great spot for collaborating. And unfortunately, we're not able to get in there. We are a little bit now. We're starting to move towards that. Um, you know, my company's taking the, the correct steps to, you know, make sure that there's no issues with anyone, you know, going in the office and spreading the virus. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. I got a question here for, from E1 Papino. I don't know if I know them, but is the demand more on multifamilies or single families? I mean, it depends <laughs> on that too, but. I, 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 think, I think it's all relative to the buyer, but. Uh, in general, of course, single family is, is the pent up demand right now. Um, you know, you're taking a large demographic of uh, a certain uh, generation of people. Let's use the millennials. Um, and in the, in the lower tier, the younger side of the millennials are now starting to emerge in the market. Um, I'd probably say like, like mid to late 80s babies to like mid to mid 90s. So that's, that's a pretty big bulk of people that are looking to emerge in that market. That market was compromised um, and, and, and taken up a lot in the city. A lot of those, a lot of those people who are now buyers were renters, and they were all in Boston. So they're fleeing their apartments, and they're looking for single families. Whether that be that they're moving on in life, getting getting married, or moving to the next step in their life. Um, typically, I would see somebody be in the city, rent in the city, and then call me to potentially purchase a condo in the city for the next step. Yeah. Essentially skipping that condo phase and they're going right to the single family phase. Um, I, I think, think for remote work, I think single families are going to be hot for a while. But for investors, do you think there is still that opportunity into multifamilies right now? A lot of them are overpriced uh, in most areas around here, unless you're going towards Worcester. But do you think there's still value in, in multifamilies? It depends the use in short. So if you're an owner occupant in a multifamily, you're building equity, you're purchasing a property and you're essentially recycling your money and building equity in the property and you're enjoying that property and you're taking what is known as home, uh, home ownership. If you're looking at it solely from an investment standpoint, it's really going to determine what pockets you're in for that specific investment. Now there's 
obviously we can get into the capitalization rates and all that good stuff, but in a high yeah. level, you know, you want to make sure that your rent roll is what I tell my clients, your rent roll is, you know, right at, right at where you're paying for your mortgage. Say, say you're paying a $2,500 mortgage. Hopefully you're grossing on two family, $2,500. Um, or, or yeah. So you want to be, you want to be positive cash. That's the goal. Obviously when you're purchasing a multifamily, you take that money that you're getting the excess per month from your rent rolls and you're dumping it back in your mortgage. If you're not positive, you want obviously want to be neutral. And if you're not neutral, a couple hundred dollars, you know, that you have to pay out of pocket a month is not a big deal. And I think that it's more advantageous paying out of pocket if you're living there. Right. I think that makes sense. Um, but as a loop, investment if you're not an owner occupant in the property and you're taking a hit and dividends of a hit um it's probably not the best market to invest in um i think sub markets that offer public transit um and bus stops and train stations are, are definitely the pockets um that seems pretty obvious but there's a lot of towns and cities that people neglect to invest in that have those um and i could have a laundry list and name a ton of them um, but I think that wherever you find public transit is really where you're going to get pretty decent rent. Um, but you just have to make sure the acquisition price is, you know, somewhat, somewhat realistic compared to what you're getting for the rents, you know, and you just have to find that balance. Um, but again, attain, attaining home ownership, as you know, and you preach Sidrid, it's, you know, if you're an owner occupant, you're living there and you're just building equity, you know, who cares if you have to shell out five, $600 a month renting out your other unit, you know, you, supplemented income regardless you know you're building you're building yourself equity and you're building wealth a hundred percent hey what do you recommend first-time home buyers listening if we have any those that are looking to buy in this market what's your number one suggestion right now like number one tip like any tip well yeah get ready or i don't know like, yeah what, what do you recommend them <laughs> in the room is you i think we you <laughs> They need to talk to me and you, but they need to talk to you because you need to give them a budget. You know, if I have somebody that comes to me that's already pre-approved, they're hitting the ground running. If someone comes to me and says, hey, you know, I, I, I'm new to the home buying process. I'm going to let you kind of take the ropes and I'm going to listen and, you know, we're going to kind of make this work together. We're going to get you pre-approved. The first thing is you need to figure out your budget because you're not going anywhere without your budget, as you know. And the analogy I like to use with my clients on a high level is it's like going to the mall without a credit card or cash in your pocket. You're essentially window shopping. You know, people have time for that. I don't. Um, do, do you see a lot? Do you see a lot of people that, that are just, you know, hey, don't I'm looking for a, you know, 700,000 single family without a pre-approval? They ain't coming to my team. They ain't coming out with us. I mean, look, we're in a market right now where, you know, we, we have to prioritize pre-approved buyers, right? I mean, you know, if we have a friend that will come to us and say, hey, I'm looking for a property, there are proper steps that you can take prior to getting pre-approved to make sure that you're aligned and building a foundation for when the time comes. If the time isn't ready, you can obviously have a conversation like with yourself, with a consumer to get pre-qualified, to just get a ballpark. You know, I have numerous people that will call me and say they're not ready. And if they're not ready, that's okay. We're not, you know, it, it, we can, we will always have a plan for everybody. It doesn't matter who it is. So if you're not instantly ready to get pre-approved, which typically lasts 60 to 90 days, um, we can set you up on a search. We can get you acclimated to the areas. Maybe you don't even know where you want to go. Maybe you're still a year out. Let's set you up on a search. 
and get you going and get you adjusted to the areas you want to be in, learn the market, become the professional like ourselves, and then we can have that conversation. But typically I recommend you don't want to go out to go see a property before you have a pre-approval. And as you know, um, a lot of people do that and then it becomes a crash course. And I think that's why, you know, there's sometimes a negative connotation with the real estate process because people feel like it's rushed, but it's not rushed when you're pre-approved. When you're pre-approved, you are ready to go. Um, and I think, and I know, and I'm sure that people will come to you on a Sunday night. I need a pre-approval. The offer deadline's Monday. You have the real estate agent on one side. You got the consumer on the other side and their parents on the other side too. And you're trying to figure out which is, <laughs> it's a crash course, you know? And no, I, I, I love what you're saying. I, I can't agree more, man, because it, it's right. like most, most of my borrowers, it's right. like, and it's like, we, we have all this free content that we're trying to provide out there. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're making ourselves available, but it seems like it's always last minute. Right. Uh, and I think that's where I personally try to educate my base and my clients that, hey, right. it's okay to do some prior homeworks. And, and I think most people get it, but it's the time factor and right. you know, everyone's so busy. But, but um, I, I think that the more prepared they are, the, the better they're going to go in this market with, with right. a strong, solid offer. Um, and, 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 you know, like you'll, you'll have that budget and you'll know exactly what they're looking for. So, right. And, and, you know, our, our three kind of, our three kind of pillars that we lean on a lot is trust, truth, and transparency and integrity. And the bond of the relationship that you have between a, a consumer and an advisor, an advisor, meaning, you know, myself or you in, in the, in the mortgage industry, you have to have trust and what I tell my clients is, and I'm completely straightforward, brutally honest, I'll say, hey, you want to see this property on XYZ Street, I'm letting you know based off my experience, this property is going to go 10 to 15 to 20,000 over F. So when we walk through this door, this property isn't worth, for intention purposes, it's not worth 550 anymore. It's worth 575, right? And it might even be worth more. So before even stepping in the door, we're having these transparent conversations. Do I want to have those type of conversations, man? Probably not. I mean, I'd rather just say, let's walk in and get you a deal. Um, but given the market in the current situations that we're in, um, you know, buyers need to be more prepared than ever. Unfortunately, you can't walk into an open house expecting to get an offer accepted without being pre-approved. Timeline will be off. Expectations will be completely off. And, you know, it just becomes an ultimate crash course. So you want to give yourself as much time. You want to get at least pre-qualified by Sadrit or, you know, even better pre-approved. And once you're at that time, you know, you'll be ready to go. And it's essentially just giving me a call and, you know, we can easily execute. I love that. I love that. Hey, um, give me something more specific uh, for some, for an investor with 20, 25% down, where would they find a bargain? Or if you, if you were in their position, where would you buy? Give down. me a few. Let's point it down. There's a hot spot right now. Where? Salem, Massachusetts, home of the Is Yeah. Salem, Mass has a lot more to offer than what people think it does. Um, obviously, it's not as close to major highway access as I would like. You're next to one of the top 10 hottest zip codes, PBD, in the country that was ranked on one of the top websites not too long ago. Um, you're next to Beverly, which is an extremely hot market. And within Salem, you have an abundant amount of public transit, transit opportunity. 
you know, you have the commuter rail, you have uh, uh, buses, um, and you have a great downtown area. Um, you know, my investors are seeing cap rates there as high as, you know, seven, eight percent, seven to 10 percent, really. Um, 25 percent, 20 percent down to family. You know, you're acquiring that for around 575000 to 650000 right? You might need to put in a little work, but you're getting great rent rolls and you're getting awesome tenants. You're getting people that are leaving the city that are coming there. You're getting a lot of people who, um, you know, I, I see a lot of people from like um, Back Bay, Dorchester, JP, uh, even the North End. And they find that Salem is, is a cool little neat spot because it has an awesome downtown awesome restaurant scene and it's just so alive it has that tourist attraction feel to it um yep. the 40 in the 45 minute commuter rail is essentially the cherry on top prices there are cheap um i wouldn't say cheap as in super cheap but they're cheaper than anywhere around um and then on the flip side if we're going south shore um I would probably say Weymouth is in a similar position. Um, Weymouth has been, you know, consistently on the map for a lot of um, people who actually were from the South Shore, maybe grew up in like Hingham, um, around the Quincy area, uh, Marshfield, and they want to find that happy median spot that's close enough to the city. Weymouth is your, is your person on that end. Um, so I'm seeing investors going back and forth, and I think that is just due to the proximity of, of being in the city. Um, but again, it really comes down to supply and demand. Um, prices in Salem, let's go back to Salem. Prices in Salem last year, you could pick up a four, uh, three, uh, sorry, two family for around 500, 550. Now they're going up to 650. So everything's all relative on the market. Um, the hype is real. I think Salem, and then if you want to go South Shore Weymouth, but I think Salem is a real deal. Um, you know, I'm excited for what has to happen there. I have a lot of clients who have built portfolios there for the past three to six years. And, you know, they're either cashing out or 1031 exchanging. And they bought those were 25% down. And uh, whether they're living in the properties or whether they're just renting them out, they're all positive cash flow. That's amazing. Hey, another area. What do you think of Worcester? I know Worcester's been hot for a while. Uh, it, it's kind of further out. We know that. But um, yeah. do you see a lot of people buying? I mean, have you had much experience with Worcester? Yeah, I've had a few conversations as of late these past few weeks with Worcester. And ironically enough, there were two graduates from Holy Cross and Assumption. Um, and then you have uh, RPIs out there, or WPI. Um, WPI. Right. And then, uh, yeah, so you have a few different universities out there. And I've had those conversations. And the people who seem to know that there's an opportunity are actually the people who spend some time there. Um, I had a good friend of mine call me earlier this week. We had an awesome catch-up conversation. And he went to Assumption. And he's like, hey, man, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, not tapped into resources out there. And I, inevitably, I think that, you know, Worcester, obviously, right now, the acquisition prices are low. And what comes with that is low rental prices. Um, you have, there's a lot of different pockets in Worcester. So you have to be strategic on where you go to. Um, you also have to realize if you're completely banking on universities right now, it's probably not the best time. So as a safety net, I always tell my clients, Buy somewhere within proximity to a university, but somewhere where it's relatable to, you know, a town too, where it's like a normal town because you have college towns, right? So you want to kind of go somewhere in the, in the middle, like a, like a sweet spot, um, because you want to have that reserve of knowing that if you can't get a college student in for 
you know, the, the intensive purposes of, because of COVID that you have a, a, an escape plan and you can get somebody who appreciates the area for maybe not going to school there. So right now, um, like the Worcesters, the Lowell's, the Springfield's, the Fall Rivers, great areas to invest in without a doubt. Um, but I truly do think at the end of the day, um, you know, your bread and butter and there is still opportunity, you know, within a 15 to 45 minute proximity uh, from the city of Boston. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> hey, we'll, we'll switch it up a little. You do an awesome job on social media. What Thank are you. the, what do you got? You got a team working for you. You do all of it by yourself. I currently do a lot of it myself. I haven't yep. been automated yet, but what's your tricks, not tricks, but tips and what, you know, what, what would you tell us? Because we're all, you know, trying to get better at our social media game and you're killing it there. Thanks, man. Well, props to you too. I mean, you, you do a great job on, you know, putting yourself out there and making yourself known and everyone knows the drip. So, you know, my whole team, man, you're doing, the, you're doing good stuff. And I think we can segue into the most important part, but there's again, pillars to this. Providing value is number one. Just today, you provided value to my partner about a listing we have coming up. And I'm not going to get too far into it, but what is, you know, the rent compared to a mortgage? You know, something like that, something easy like that spreads across like wildfire. You're providing value to someone else, they're posting it, and you're getting the credit for it. So providing value and collaboration are key. But really the number one aspect is consistency and driving that consistency is so crucial. Um, I've been consistent for about four and a half years on social media. Um, every morning I wake up, I'm pretty much doing the same thing. It's routinely. Um, I do not have a team working for me. Unfortunately, I wish I did, but you have to realize that it's authenticity that wins games. And if you're not authentic and you're playing by someone else's playbook, you're not winning. So you have to be authentic at all times. And if you're not authentic, then, you know, you're not really showing your true self and you do, you present yourself so well. So that's why we're on this conversation. You want to be you, um, whatever that is. And if you can show who you are, people are going to appreciate you for you. Um, you know, the, 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 the best, the, the best thing that I've done for myself personally is consistently build new relationships over the years. I'm not going out trying to build them. They just organically happen. And me being myself on social media and broadcasting myself shows those people that I've always had relationships with that they can always trust me for me. Um, and being that I've been in the industry for quite some time, the conversations I have with my clients have significantly changed over the years because of this. And it becomes down to the, tr the trust. And if you don't have the trust factor, it doesn't, it doesn't really like work. So like, they're not coming to me saying like, I need to know every robotic process. They're just like, Hey, I need to buy a home, make it work. Like, you know, and that's how it is, you know, and they're calling me up. I, I need this house. I need to get pre-approved and that's it. Um, but it, it came down to consistency and being authentic. And those are the, the two biggest, I, I think, um, you know, points in, in social media. Um, but you know, I'm not going to get yeah, far. Actually. So, and then, you know, we can, we'll, I'll tell you offline about this, but a friend of mine that I was DMing with the other day, uh, he's like, Oh, I may be looking to buy. And he's been, you know, kind of off and on, you know, for a while, first time home buyer. And he says, Oh, how's Dante? You know, I'm like, Oh, how do you know him? And he's like, yeah, I've spoken to him like a year, year and a half ago. And and I think it's it's all social media. I mean, we we have this powerful 
tool in our hand and yep. it's you know it's how we provide value and how we use it um right. to me my 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 top thing has been all about um providing educational content and mm. i think a lot of us i mean me myself i you know I, i'm constantly trying to go google something and and if you mm. have it all in one place mm -hmm. would you go out there uh but your your top tips that i noted here providing value be consistent authenticity wins gains and mm -hmm. being yourself so yeah. uh, for those of you listening those are dante's top top yes yeah. <laughs> media think to really encapsulate everything in a nutshell i think it's it's building a consistent audience within your network that's what it's it's essentially what entails you to be you so for me it's real estate someone might hit me up looking at a property oh i love that property what's the price of it you know whatever x amount of dollars cool dante thanks i'm not i'm not going after them saying let's go put in an offer because i know that they just want to know so building yep. an environment around you is so important because if you have that environment people are going to come back to you in a year they're going to come back to you in two years i'm not here to have a dm conversation and say when are you going to buy when are you going to pre-approve that's Listen, I, I, I have a life outside of real estate. Everyone has a normal life. I wouldn't want to be getting hammered on calls saying, when are you going to buy a home? When are you getting pre-approved by Sidret? When the time comes, the time comes. But the key factor is you have to know that. And if you don't know that, then you don't have trust in yourself and you don't have trust in them. So, you know, you have to go back to the authenticity and you have to realize, hey, like, what, what can I do better to know that they're going to come back, you know? Um, and, that's and there's that, that I've lost a client for a reason or another, let's say a rate in, in my yeah. example. And, um, you know, honestly, I think as long as you're, you're just like you said, authentic, you're doing your job. I've had those clients refer me other clients, even though they've went with a different lender due to rate or whatever it's been. Right. Right. They send me their friends and family. So right. never, burn any bridges i mean it, it's all about being yourself be yourself it, you oh. know you're planting so many seeds out there it's all about being yourself and you know i think a lot of people also um have to realize that it's not also be a being authentic to your followers but you also want to collaborate without ego which is something big that we share at compass too um you know it's definitely one of our mementos collaborating without ego with brokers with other <laughs> industries whether you're an attorney, whether you're um, uh, in finance or you're a mortgage lender or, you know, whether it's uh, home, in, home insurance, you know, uh, companies, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter. It's anyone within the industry you want to have good relationships with and good things happen. Um, I know a lot of people in the industry have great relationships. Do I get referrals from everybody? No, that's not how the game works. But having those relationships come definitely come to fruition at some point in time um you know so you have to have good relationships with people on social media off social media you know with other with other industry leaders i mean it's it's just all around just be yourself and, and be consistent you know consistency is is the winner of, of everything a hundred percent hey no yeah. this is this is all good and and i hope uh for those of you that are here on the live joining us uh, are, are finding this very valuable. Uh, 
I certainly am enjoying it. Um, nice. So, uh, well, we'll. I mean, unless you have any any uh, burning topics, you know, we can we can uh, start to wrap it up. But if you guys have any questions, um, please feel free to put like a Q and A. Uh, you're getting a lot of love in the comments, Dante. Dante, wow. I can't. Filtered. <laughs> I love it. I can't uh, see the comments for some reason. Let me see if I... I think you kind of have to like... Oh. No, I, yeah, no, I know. I, I, for some reason, it's just not showing in real time with my comments. It's like really odd. Oh, oh okay. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, if anyone has any questions, let us know. But hey, what's the best way for people to contact you? If we have uh, anyone looking I, about... Uh, go ahead and just slide in the DM. I mean, that's that's the way that's the way we do things. I've been doing that since uh, 2018. Slide in the DM, and we'll I'll get back to you, and we'll get it we'll get it going. Um, you know, I want to hear about your goals. I want to hear about what you want to accomplish. You know, in the present day, five years, ten years down the line, um, and I want to chat about those goals. Um, I think that for me, the the motivation behind why I love what I do is because I want to see people happy and I want to help them make the best decision on the biggest purchase of their life. It's not about the bag. It's not about the money. It's not about the deals. It's about seeing my friend who I haven't maybe spoken with or a friend that I've impacted their life so much with real estate, refer me to another friend and I'm going to keep doing that. And I'm going to keep doing that consistently. And that's what I love to do. Um, you know, and it's, it, 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 I think that if that's the true feeling you have about something, you're passionate about what you do, you love what you do. Uh, I'm not a numbers guy. You are. Um, and you love what you do on that. I'm a real estate numbers guy. Like anything else, you have to learn the business inside out. And that's what I did. Um, but you're the guy that's making the magic happen on the back end. And I'm the guy that's, you know, touring people around and the guy and gal. And I think that, you know, you just have to be authentic in this industry when you come in and you just got to work hard, get to work hard. That's all it is. I, I appreciate that. And that, that's why you're so good at what you do. Cause you love people, you love helping. And yeah. ultimately that, that, that feeling that you've, you know, helped someone accomplish, you know, their, their biggest purchase or, you know, like start their family, you know, and, and the, the place that they dreamed about. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Good, I give you a lot of props. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, we just got to continue to, you know, spread the good word. You know, you do what I do on the real estate end, you do it on the lending end and, you know, just educating people each day. And the best feeling is actually helping out the people that don't reach out to me. And as crazy as that sounds, it's the people who don't message me. It's the people who don't interact with me. It's those are the people I want to provide the most value to. Oh, they're watching. They're, they're definitely watching it. Right. And, and, right. And, and that's why, because I appreciate those people because they appreciate me for giving them that information. And that's really the audience that I truly appreciate um, because I'm providing them value and they're tuning into that and they respect that. And that's all I care about. Um, I'll provide value forever and that's all I'm going to do. And there's endless amounts of value and there's endless amounts of opportunities and, and, and learning you know, throughout the, the industry and you're always continuously learning. So we'll always collaborate and always share our knowledge going forward too. So. And, and it's free. And I think those yeah. ones are the best ones that eventually become your clients down the road. So. 
Of course, you know, just building, building a real estate environment or just building the environment that you specialize in is just so important. And creating a roadmap for everybody is, anybody individually is the most important part. You know, not everyone has their own track record. Everyone has their own story to write, especially when building a real estate portfolio. So whether you're 10 years out or whether you're a month out, you know, we'll build you the right game plan together and we'll make it work. Thanks, man. Hey, I appreciate you a lot. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, best way to contact Dante, slide into the DM. Same DM. way for me. <laughs> I mean, that's the way to do it. Uh, but yeah. you, you... So you can go to one special. You can DM Sidrit for a pre-approval and we'll get you set up on a custom search right away. I that's what you should do. And you should be offering the package, the package uh, discounts. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will. Hey, maybe next time we can get an attorney to join us. I mean, I don't think we can do this three-way, though, right? And do it three-way. You'd have to have either, you know, you'd have to have an iPad at hand, or you're going to have to um, have someone else in person to do, like, a double screen. But, um, yeah, we could definitely bring in somebody. I know, you know, a few people that would love to have an opportunity and spread the good word of real estate. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, you're doing it. I appreciate you. I know the people here appreciate you, too, so... Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. I'll see you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Your support means so much to me. And one way for you to support me is by following this podcast and liking this episode and also by leaving a review. In addition, don't forget to check out my Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at sidrit.veseli for more daily content. If there's anything I can help you with, message me directly on any of my platforms. Thank you and talk to you soon.